Coming up, the number one fantasy book podcast, breaking down the scrolls and spells of nerd culture. We're Phantology. You may have heard of us. What's up, Ghostbloods? This is Steven from Phantology with our weekly Rhythm of War episode. So, chapter 13. This is a big one, and I ask that you be gentle with me here. I am maybe not an expert on Stormlight, but I'm like maybe adjacent to an expert, and I'm going to make mistakes in this review. I guarantee it. There's just so much going on that I'm probably going to either just say something wrong because I'm streaming or I'm just don't know all the details. So let me know if you know something better than I do, which is very likely hop on our Phantology discord and tell us what you like about this episode and others, what we are missing, etc. Love to get some theories. We have a channel in our discord in our discord, just dedicated to theories about the series based off of these pre-release chapters And that's typically where some of the content from my reviews comes from. So thank you, Discord participants. If you like Phantology, if you want to be part of the Discord, part of the community, those links are posted on our episode postings. You can also find all of our episodes at www.phantologybooks.com. Put that into your web browser and you can see all the books that we've covered. We're now over 75 episodes and we've covered a lot of different series. So Odds are that if you like fantasy, if you're listening to the Rhythm of War pre-release chapter stream, you're probably someone that would be interested in some of the other series that we have covered as well. And if you don't like the series we've covered, then let us know and let us know what series you would like us to cover. We would also appreciate any support um, that you might want to give us. You can do that by listening and sharing would be awesome and even Beyond that, if you'd like some additional uh, tiers, then consider joining our Patreon. Uh, That will give you some Discord benefits. It will get you some benefits in terms of getting access to episodes early and having some additional input on what Phantology does. So that said, let's do episode, let's do chapter 13 of Rhythm of War. So So this one starts with Navani's, again, Navani's, lecture on Fabrials. This one, not quite as interesting to me just because we don't have this same uh, schedule connection in this one. We just just talked about dividing flame spren. And if you are someone who's very much into, is into the the way that the, this uh, exact technology works, maybe this is interesting to you. For me, it was just a little detail. So let's go into the Shallan chapter. There's a lot here. Like I said, a lot of big Cosmere stuff. So maybe if you're not current on the Cosmere, like you might not want to listen to this because I'm going to be talking through. I mean, I can't guarantee that I'm not going to spoil anything else that has happened thus far. So Shalon gets this note that says the deal is set and arranged. The spren will come. She kind of freaks out about it, tosses it into the fire. We don't know what it is yet. It's not a mystery for very long, though, and I'll get to that in a few minutes. We see Shalon's brothers, who we haven't seen for a while. This is kind of interesting to me. Like I liked seeing this because it's a callback to some of her flashbacks and words of radiance and they're still around, but it's a little similar to the flashbacks or, or the sequence where Kaladin goes back and sees his family 
like it's cool, but it doesn't, I don't know, for some reason it doesn't really have the emotional weight that it could otherwise. I'm not sure. Did you guys like the, uh, the family connection here? For me, it's just kind of like a detail and there are these characters, but I don't know that they're going to do a whole lot. I would maybe like them to be more a part of the story. There's a lot of characters. It's, it's a tough ask. So Shalon's still got these dark memories of the past. Obviously, she reflects about how she's had pattern longer than Yasna has even had Ivory, her spren, and she's still suppressing these memories. We still think back to this like formless persona that we're very wary of. And I have a theory on this that I will talk about at the very end of the episode that will include a phantology guarantee on this theory. She gets into reflecting on some medical texts about her condition, which are very much not encouraging. And while I think that Shalon is a very interesting character and her medical condition is something that fascinates me, I personally just do not have enough experience with this to really weigh in too much. I connect a lot stronger to Kaladin because depression is just a much more common thing than you know this multiple personality thing that uh, Shalon has going on. Uh, depression is probably something that's affected, I don't know, most people that are listening either themselves or having known someone that, that has depression. So I think we can all really kind of connect to these Kaladin moments. And Shalon's just a little bit harder. That's not to say it's not realistic or it's not appropriate to address, but I just personally don't connect quite as strongly with Shalon. Maybe in the future in my life I will. But for now, um, I'm much more, um, much more emotionally involved in Kaladin's story. However, I do think that this is very interesting and I think that this question of is this fixable and what will happen with Shalon and Kaladin and with some of our other characters, I mean, Dalinar as well is suffering from some PTSD. Like, where is Sanderson going to take this? It's interesting because, and I don't want to go off on my whole disability and fantasy rant, which if you want me to talk about, I will on Discord. But I think it's very interesting to address these types of things in a fantasy book because you can always have the magic fix whatever is going on, right? Like you lose an arm. Oh, we just magically regrow the arm and boom, we're, we're good to go. You lose an eye, you regrow the eye or you can't do your magic anymore. Well, we'll fix that as well. Kind of referencing some other series that I didn't necessarily like the endings of, but I love that in this one, Sanderson is not fixing everything and the magic does not necessarily just, you know, poof, there goes your depression. In fact, Kaladin uses the magic to kind of make things worse because while he's on a stormlight high, he's not really, you know, he doesn't have to deal with this, but it's not something that you can just magically get rid of. And for that, I love Sanderson for doing this. And I think he's going to tackle some physical things as well. He called for a beta reader, a beta reader that's paralyzed to do some reading for Donchard. I'm assuming it's to kind of get into the Rissen character head. And I think that's awesome because Rissen has not been able to heal herself, right? And she's still uh, paraplegic and has to deal with these things and can't just magically get rid of it. So I, th I think that's great. And I, I am assuming that by the end of the series, these characters will find some happiness and some balance to the mental issues that are plaguing them, but it's not like they will be completely gone and they'll just be, oh, perfect, you're 100% now that you've gotten rid of this evil part of your personality. And I, I think he's handling this really well. So let me know what you think if you have um, any of these types of mental illnesses. It, it's something that I've really connected with, and I think Sanderson is being very delicate 
and deliberate in the way that he's handling it. And I think he's doing a very good job. So Shallan finds this new map through Shadesmar from Iale's Ghostblood Intel from the journal that she found. I'm guessing that this will be used at some point in the journey through Shadesmar that they will ultimately be taking. Then she switches to Veil for a new perspective on things. I like how once we go into Veil, the colors are muted and she sees things in a very different way. It's a nice way to do this character shift. And going kind of back to the mental health thing, I think Shalon must just be feel very lonely because I'm sure that no one under around her really understands what's going on. Adolin is supportive, but at the same time, I mean, he was very much giving Kaladin like help me out, man, type uh, type of look in the previous chapter or the one before. And, uh, you know, as much as, as he can be supportive, he can't understand exactly what she's going through. And Shallan doesn't really have access to mental health counseling. So I hope she can figure this out somehow, maybe through wit. Wit seems to understand everything and he's helped her out before, but somehow she, I, I hope she gets a grasp on this, at least so she um, gets into a healthy and stable place. So now we go to the main part of the plot with Mraes. So Mraes has always kind of been there for the action thus far in the chapter where Shallan's thinking and, and her brothers are interacting with this friend slash guardsman, but it's actually Mraes and he has this fake relationship with her brothers and is using them as leverage over her. He tells her right away that it was the ghost bloods that killed Iale. So, so much for our theory that Shallan was actually the one that killed her somehow. That probably never really held a ton of water, but it's the ghost bloods, and there's some kind of ghost blood agent that is around Shallan. He strongly hints that it's one of her light weavers, so that seems problematic. He has this green chicken that we've seen before. It's actually an aviar, which is one of the magical birds from the first of the sun. And yeah, and so we have a comment here saying that I love, uh, I like Marais. Marais is a great character, and I, I, I'm really interested to see where this goes. This relationship with Shallan and with the Ghost Bloods, this is starting to get to some good stuff. I didn't necessarily love Shallan's opening in Oathbringer and most of Part One, but I'm really liking this. I think this has a lot of potential for some good intrigue. So Marais has this green chicken. Of course, it's perfect that Shallan calls it a chicken because that's the only bird that she really has a connection to like a mammal type of thing. And we've seen these before in the six of the dusk novella. If you're interested, they all, they have these unique magical bonds to their owners. They can kind of do different things. He's very symbolically eating a mole, which is appropriate as Murray suspects that Shallan is not fully with him. And Shallan is of course the mole. So this is like a little bit of a overt threat here against Shallan. I'm actually not sure if Shallan picks up on it or not based off her reaction, but um, it, it's fun. She talks about, so she asks, uh, she asks Mraze what Nolithus and Scadriel are, and he corrects her pronunciation and then says, well, these are other parts of the Shadesmar realm. He's not too specific. We obviously know as readers, we're referring to Nolithus and Scadriel. So the Ghostbloods want to control trade throughout the Cosmere, apparently is what they're always been getting at. This is a good revelation because we've never really known exactly what the what is going on with the Ghostbloods. They wanted to get sole access to the Oath Gates, and Roshar is great for this because 
Investiture, the magic of the Cosmere, can be transported via the gemstones. And so you can take the gemstones to Nalthus and Skadriel, and then they would be very valuable there, unlike some of the other forms of investiture, which is harder to transport. However, anyone who is heavily invested cannot travel outside of their system is what he says, although it's unclear if he's referring to only Roshar, because we've seen world hoppers, Vasher, Viviana, Hoyd, others who have investiture, who have been able to travel around. So the question is then, is it just the Rosharan magic that we are that that means we can't go to other parts of the Cosmere? And if the, if it, that is the case, why is that? One theory is that it's because Odium is trapped on Roshar and is messing things up. That's the best idea I have thus far. Another thing that comes out of this is that uh, does that mean that Hoyd is now trapped in Roshar? Apparently not, because he's in Mistborn Era 2, which is kind of taking place around the same time. I mean, I guess that there could be a way around that, but I I don't understand this comment from Mraes. Let me know if you understand this anymore. Ultimately, Mraes' goal is to move Investor off-world perfectly and thus have like unlimited power to access unlimited currency and magic throughout the Cosmere. So great plan. And he says he has this figured out. We don't know uh, how, but he has a way to perfectly transport Stormlight around. He doesn't tell Shallan what it is, but he says that Shallan is needed for this plan. So before we talk about what this plan is, Shah Anat, Shah, Shah Anat, I hope I'm saying that right, apparently has sent a message. She's the one who sent the message saying that the, the sprint has agreed. And she's going to be sending a spren to the Ghostbloods. This kind of mirrors what Kaladin's trying to do, getting Relaine to get a bond from the honor spren. And so in this case, Shanat, to remind you, is the taker of secrets, the unmade that corrupts spren, supposedly disloyal to Odium. Apparently he's been working with Shallan and the Ghostbloods. It's nice to see that she cares about Gliss, Renarin's spren, a little bit. She says that they've been mistreated. But she's going to send a spren to the Ghostbloods. Mraes thinks, hey, uh, I actually wanted a spren just for me, so I don't really love this. But okay, like I agree to this plan. So we're going to see a corrupted spren going over to the Ghostbloods. I really like that not all the Knight's Radiance are lining up to be on the same side. Like we have Venli's group that is probably going to be bonding spren in a, in a unique fashion. And now we have the potential to have some Ghostblood Radiance in addition to our typical good guy radiance this is great it really tees things up for a real epic climax where a lot of different groups are getting after it together with different magical abilities shallan also talks about she asks she asks Mraes about gavilar so gavilar had some void light is the revelation we get from Mraes. we knew this already from the prologue of the book we knew we know more details than Shallan and maybe even Mraes does at this point. But apparently Gavilar was trying to get in mortality and was trying to move around Void Light between worlds. So I think we'll get more here. Still not a whole lot of detail. But now uh, Mraes is going to give Shallan her mission. And I'm assuming this is going to drive the majority of Shallan's arc in this one. So Mraes is really good at using secrets and knowledge to hook Shallan 
along the way. And Shalon even sees him as a father figure, which is really bad for Shalon because Moraes is not someone that we should trust and he's totally playing her. And he knows something that we don't know, that Shalon doesn't know, but it seems really dicey and I'm worried about what this revelation is. And I have a theory and the theory is, well, let's talk about the rest of the mission before I blow your mind with this theory. So her mission is to find Rastaris, who we've heard before. He's maybe like this founder of the Sons of Honor, and he's in the Fortress of Lasting Integrity, which is a new vocab place. Uh, this is the home of the Honor Spren. And Marais can't get there, but Shalon probably can because she's got a connection. She's got an in here. And Shalaz says, okay, like I can probably do this, but what do I do then? And Marais ominously says, well, you'll know what to do when you find him. And then he promises to give her all of the answers that she wants afterwards. And then Shalon is obviously hooked and she's totally going to do it. Radiant is there. She reflects that, well, Shalon, I think you have another reason more than just getting the answers for Yasna here. So there's that. And then Marais says, well, in addition to answers about the world, I'll give you answers about your past and House Devar. And if Shalon, if you want out after all of this, then you're free. Don't worry about it. We will set you free. We're not going to come after you. He sounds way too confident. So here's the thing. Marais obviously knows whatever Shalon is trying to suppress the formless identity, whatever it is that happened here, the additional details that we didn't apparently did not get in the flashbacks of Words of Radiance. And my theory is Shalon is the mysterious Thyatikar, Thadiakar, whatever, however you want to say the name. This is Shalon. This is the 13-year-old Shalon. And somehow, we don't know the details, but somehow in all of the goings-on, Around that time with the ghost bloods, she is the one that set things up here. Somehow, I mean, it breaks down a little bit when you say, well, a 13 year old girl, like she's the one. But at the same time, it makes so much, much sense in the way that Marais is treating her because Rastaris must know something that's going to be so obvious. Like, is Rastaris someone that she thought was dead? Is it like her father? somehow and her memories have been tampered with or someone that she would just immediately look at and things would become clear to her something is going on this is going to be a huge revelation when we find out who Ristaris is and that's going to lead to the revelation the phantology guarantee the revelation that Shulan her persona that she has been suppressing is actually Thyatikar this is going to blow everyone's mind and have huge implications. And I don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to be exciting when we see it. Look, we're never wrong about these theory revelations. So I think this one, I mean, if I'm being honest, there is some evidence for it. I think it might be a little far-fetched, but Marais knows something. There's something going on here more so than just, you know, oh yeah, we're really confident and it's going to be a straightforward plot. Like Sanderson never does that. He always flips things around on us. So that's our guarantee for this one. Please let us know what your theories are from the chapter. Let me know what details I messed up on. There's a lot here. The Cosmere is obviously very large. It's a whole universe, and I can't hold that all in my head. I'm sorry. So please let me know if you are an expert, um, what, more, what more I need to know and what theories you have. Oh, new theory. 
Yasna is Thyatokart. That's a good one. I like that too. I mean, we don't know anything about Yasna's backstory other than that she had some strange illness as a child that's like mentioned a few times and super glossed over. So that seems ominous. That could be cool. Okay, we, we can roll with that too. So thanks for listening. If you like Phantology, check us out again at www.phantologybooks.com. You can find episodes on a lot of different series. We're going to be way into the Cosmere and Rhythm of War in the next month, two months. We'll see how long it takes, how much PTO I'm able to get to read the book quickly. It's it's a big boy. Uh, did just pre-order it, so I'm looking forward to getting my numbered copy of that. Obviously, it'll be number one, so I will post that picture and you will all be very jealous of that. If you'd like to support Phantology, we have a lot of different ways to do that. You can join Patreon and get access to early access to our episodes and have additional input into what we do on the channel. You can have some extra special Discord perks, etc. Small things, but we definitely appreciate all of your contributions and it all goes directly back into improving the channel. If you like Audible and you're considering signing up, please follow the link that we post on our on our episode descriptions and that will take you to a free trial that you can sign up through that will get us a little bit of a kickback that we can again put into the channel and if you missed our live stream look forward to in future episodes our new intro featuring michael kramer and kate redding it's going to be awesome it's not going to make it into this one we still have a little bit of of doctoring up on it to go before we have our entirely new intro but that's exciting photology is an exciting place to be these days um, in fantasy. So thanks for your support and we'll see everyone next time.